0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Grow My Salon Business Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Whittaker, and it's great to have you join me here today. There are many salon owners out there that decide to make the journey from one salon to two or more salons, only to then go back to one. Obviously, there's many reasons why that might happen, but they do often have certain things in common. My guest on today's podcast is a salon owner who has made that journey and his story could be the story of many others his name is Simon Matthews from the Simon John salon in the UK and in today's episode Simon shares his journey and the lessons learnt along the way in today's podcast we discuss why bigger doesn't automatically mean better how has salon has adopted a four day work week and the benefits of building one successful salon business rather than spreading yourself across multiple locations. So, without further ado, welcome to the show, Simon. Hi,
1: Anthony. How are you? Good to see I'm, you again.
0: I'm very good. It's good to see you again as well, and uh, it's great to have this opportunity to uh, have you on the podcast. Uh, we we go back a little way, so I know a little bit about your background, but. Um, Our listeners won't be familiar with who you are, or most of them won't be. So, uh, just a a brief introduction. Who is Simon Matthews? Give us your, you know, sort of 30-second backstory.
1: Um, Well, I've been in the hairdressing industry for 40 years. Uh, I started when I was 16. I'm 56 now. Still love hairdressing. Still uh, love being behind the chair. Still love that connection with the clients. Uh, We have a salon that's Simon John Hair Limited. We opened 33 years ago, back in 1989, and that's um, probably about seven eight miles outside of Birmingham in the West Midlands in the UK, and it's uh, a suburban area, uh, quite an affluent area called Sutton Coalfield.
0: Great, okay, all right. That's a good introduction. So, um, 33 years ago, did you say you opened your first salon?
1: 1989. Yeah, just right. gonna, we're just be we celebrating 34 years in February
0: good good okay so there's some some serious uh, wisdom and uh experience there which uh i know you're you're very happy for me to uh, get you to share with our audience so um the journey that many a young hairdresser makes—they're working for someone else—and they decide they're going to go out and open their own salon. Um, what was what was that beginning for you like? Okay, I know it's a long time ago—nineteen eighty-nine is a long time ago—but uh, but what was the dream then? What what were you sort of envisaging that your journey was going to be into salon ownership? Uh,
1: well, like everybody, I, I started working uh, in the hairdressing industry when I was sixteen. Um, I, I opened up my own salon when I was 22, having worked for three or four different hairdressing salons and really different types of hairdressing salons. Uh, I worked with some incredibly talented hairdressers, and at 22, I kind of wanted to stretch out on my own and 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 go uh, and, and open up our own business, my own business. Uh, I've got an idea on how I wanted that business to be and how I wanted to look, and I've got an idea on on the business model that I wanted to kind of follow over the next, well, uh, what, what what is 33 years now.
0: Yeah, okay. So when you got the first salon going and, you know, you started to build it up a bit, opportunities started to come along and you thought, you know, I'm going to do more. I'm going to make this bigger than what it is. What was the sort of vision that you had, you know, before you went on to expand? Because I know that you opened another salon eventually. How long was it before you opened the second salon?
1: well as i say we opened up the first salon in 89 and that became hugely successful so uh, it was only a small salon it was only a, a small shop uh, really so we decided to kind of uh, a, a second salon a second uh, opportunity came just behind where we were um on the high street uh, which had parking and uh, had the opportunity eventually of, of owning it ourselves so we took uh, we took this up uh, and that Again, we we started to outgrow that, and then I'll probably say about ten years uh, after opening that first salon, we decided to break out. I've got great staff, Anthony, and that's the thing. Uh, I've got really good staff at the time, and I felt if if I didn't stretch ourselves and stretch the business, I felt that I might lose one or two members of these uh, uh, these these good good mem- good staff members. So we looked for a, a second site so that uh, I could. Uh, promote and make uh, certain people managers, and, and and get them running it, and, uh, and and replicating what we've got at the salon one.
0: Okay, and so you open the second location. You know, you expand, you promote some people, put people in other positions, appoint people as managers. Uh, then you open the third one. Was it how long was it between the second and the third?
1: It was uh, five years after opening the. Uh, the second one, we decided to uh, to open up a, a third one again. Opportunities arose. Um, you see, my, my business model after opening the first one. Uh, went went from just having, uh, I was twenty two once. We we had a bit of fun to start with, um, you know. We were we were socializing uh, incredibly uh, after work all together. And uh, but I realised that I needed to kind of take this a little bit more seriously. And um, and that's when we opened the second salon and the third salon. Now I wanted at the time to open up seven, eight, nine salons all within an area, all within a, a touching distance of each other. Um, Sutton Coalfield, where I work, is, is built up of little suburbs around Sutton Coalfield. And I thought, well, if I could have one salon on each high street of all the areas that make up Sutton Coalfield, I, I thought we, we, we could do really well. And, uh, and, and Then it's not too far away uh, from each of them to connect with each other. You can move staff, you can move stock we can have the buying ability and uh, uh and if we could make i don't know 20 30 40, out of each salon it's a it's a healthy healthy living
0: right okay so that was the vision that was a big dream and i know we're condensing you know 20 plus years here into a, a short you know period of time in terms of the conversation what what was the the challenge in making that work, because I know you successfully got to three salons. I remember you were actually looking at a fourth one at some point. That's right. Um, yeah, we were. But what 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 were the challenges that you faced with that? Because a lot of because that business model you've just described sounds yeah, that sounds like a very reasonable business model. You know. Uh, being within close proximity to each other being in a regional area um you know small salons and in multiple small towns that you can you know easily uh, get to each of them it sounds like a reasonable assumption that you've made but and i won't say it didn't work because i know that varying degrees it did work but what was some of the challenge that you started to experience then with putting that vision into place because a lot of people i talk to they want to expand i've i've got one and it's working well i want two i want three i want four i've got the midas touch nothing can go wrong um and yet obviously we know that you know it's not necessarily about having the midas touch and things can go wrong so from someone who's been there and done it share with us what some of the challenges and frustrations were that you had with that journey
1: so salon number one, let's call it, uh, the main salon, the salon that, uh, that I um, opened back in 89 when, when I was a fresh-faced 22-year-old, that, that, that was our main salon. That was the salon that that, that, that we, we really kind of was – that was the where the success was built from. But then opening up a second salon and a third salon, and, and that salon one is built on the atmosphere or the ambiance or – uh what I've created um uh, I don't know I'm sure other hairdressers you know I, I sit myself on the, the, the station next to the, the next to the desk and and I see the clients coming in and I say hello mrs Jones or hello mrs Smith and and, and how are you and how's your husband and etc so it is all about that was all about me and uh and my staff replicated that kind of personal touch the problem is when you when you go to two is that you're kind of dividing your time 50-50. So when Mrs. Smith or Mrs. Jones come in uh, to the door and Simon's not there, uh, it's not the, it's never the same. The, the welcome's not the same. So then when you go to three salons and you've got to you, – you, it's so difficult. What I found was so difficult was to replicate what we had, the atmosphere that we created um, in Salon 1 to create them in salon two and then in salon three and um, and that was a that was a big hurdle that that, that was that, that, that was that became very very difficult I also um, and uh, you and I probably laugh about this because you used to bang onto me you've got to move from behind the chair you've got to get out from behind the chair you should you can't be doing five days a week and running two salons or three salons but I liked being behind the chair. I I liked seeing my clients. I like that client interaction. I I found that I remember once I was out in a a bar or restaurant, and a lady came over to me and and she said, Oh, hello, you're Simon, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon John, yeah, yeah. I come to your salon too. I didn't know this lady. You know, you become, I, I don't know, you become. I, it was just a case of, of, oh, I hope you enjoy going there. Who do you see? And, and I'm making it up as we go along. So that personal interaction um, uh, w- was never really uh, w- was always a problem for me. I, I, mm. I, I like that. I like that personal interaction with my clients. And, so th- and those are the two things that really, really kind of hit home. And uh, dividing your time is, is very, very difficult. You've got to have a really good team around you.
0: Yeah, and you've touched on a few interesting things here in, in that you love being behind the chair. That, yeah. That's a really important component of this. I mean, every second hairdresser I talk to as a salon owner um, will say to me, I want to work less behind the chair. I want to extricate from my, myself from doing clients. I want to work on the business, not in the business for all sorts of different reasons. Sometimes it's because they're bored with doing hair, that they no longer want to be that, that guy or girl behind the chair um and it, it's not a case of it being right or wrong it's just different for different people you you use the word atmosphere you said it was difficult to replicate the atmosphere um what do you mean by that because i wrote down culture with a question mark next to it i wrote down productivity with a with a question mark next to it Uh, And culture is this sort of all-pervasive term, which is used to sort of encompass a lot of different things. And, you know, there's so much tied up in this because you had one salon that was going really well because you were there. You were the culture. You were the system, so to speak. Everything went through Simon. And when you opened a second salon, as you said, you're no longer there. So there's sort of soul of the business isn't always present, Um, especially, and and not just the soul of the business, but the the systems and the productivity that happens in the business when the owner is present, unless you've turned it into something that's replicable, systems and standards and got a manager and another salon to do the same stuff, then it, it simply doesn't work. When you talk about atmosphere is that what you're meaning that it wasn't it was also talking about productivity and standards
1: okay so i'll go back to um i was thinking about this earlier last uh, last night actually i'll go back to when i started hairdressing at 16 i worked in a salon what a phenomenal atmosphere. It's so, I, I didn't want to be a hairdresser, Anthony. I had no mm. intention of being a hairdresser. Mm. My mom sent me out to get a job and I got a job in a salon. Uh, but the social, the social side of that salon was incredible. We were all out, went out together and, and I loved it. And that's why I decided I wanted to be a hairdresser. Later on through my before I opened up a salon, I went to work for another guy uh, who was heavily into his competition. He was British champion and et cetera on competitions. But his salon was kind of a little bit starchy, a little bit old-fashioned. You, you couldn't talk to a client next to you, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What I wanted to do, I wanted to create a, a business that had a little bit of both. It was I wanted the ultra professional professionalism. I wanted the the exceptional customer service, but I wanted to create that little bit of party atmosphere as well. And uh, and we did that. Um, and that's what we were, you know, when you came to Simon John on a Friday afternoon, you'd probably have a, a glass of Prosecco and you're getting ready to go out for the weekend and it's uh, everybody singing and dancing. And uh, it was just, it was fantastic days. Mm. Once you go to, to, to Salon 2, you lose a little bit of that because... You know, you're not there all the time, and I certainly can't be there on a Friday afternoon. I, I have to, I, I have to make money and, and, and uh, behind my own chair and 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 work for uh, and work to put money into the business. So it's very very difficult to replicate. Uh, one of my old receptionists said to me, uh, "It's like a club. This is uh, your business is like a club. You're, you're a member of the club uh, when you come here, and, and I think that's a great term. And that, that but to replicate that for salon two or salon three is mm. incredibly difficult.
0: Yeah. So it is atmosphere. That is the word. It's not it, – it's more uh, – culture – atmosphere is part of the culture, but I totally get what you mean when you talk about that atmosphere in there. Um, yeah, it's interesting.
1: So Yeah, but, every, but the, the thing was that everybody knew everybody. Yeah. So your Friday afternoon clients would, would come in and talk to the other Friday afternoon clients because – they they recognise them, and that's what I'm saying. Is that yeah. it became almost like a like a club that <laughs> we were fortunate enough. Everybody wanted to come to, but obviously, when you go to Salon Two and Salon Three, it's incredibly almost impossible to uh, uh, to replicate that. Yeah. So you have to kind of work on the basics and and, try and get the basics right of customer service and and and, and you know what the client wants.
0: Okay, so let let me reverse engineer a question into that. What is the key to expanding successfully? I'm not saying you didn't; you weren't successful in your expansion. At times, you definitely were, but like any salon business, you had challenges as well. So, if you were talking to you know the 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 25 year old version of Simon. Um, And you were going to say to give him some advice about, okay, if you're going to expand and you want it to be successful, these are the lessons that I'm bringing back to you to tell you you need to do these things. Uh, What would those lessons be? What's the key to successful expansion?
1: Uh, Know your numbers. Uh, I think, um, first of all, Anthony, when I first started uh, working with yourself probably some 20 years ago, I didn't know my numbers. Uh, mm. I think you taught me that, and and, and so now, Crikey, I, I I think I I'm pretty pretty savvy on it. I think I think being able to create a brand, as in uh, a a brand that's replic uh, that you can replicate between one salon and two salon and three salon, and and putting the people in the right places as well, putting managers, putting the right managers in. Um, it's not always the best hairdresser, for mm. example. Oh, uh, know. It, 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 you have to kind of weigh up and, uh, and, and 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 try and work out who are the best people to to replicate what 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 we've created here. Mm. Uh, and I think that's that. Those are the two or three things that I would I would try and say. Branding is a big thing, but knowing your numbers is is is, is the or. or, or that, that, that's what you've got to know yeah and since your profit margins and, yeah your, no, and your systems no, no and your numbers. systems
0: yeah systems yeah. and you touched on people yeah. having the right people in place and at yeah. times you, you you had great managers at times um but without the right managers to replace you in a salon you're never going to replicate yeah. that culture, that atmosphere, that energy, that productivity that happens. with yeah. you
1: so, fair to so say? So I know it sounds—I know I know it sounds the most basic of basic things, but we got a young staff. Everybody was young and uh, and, uh, and and socialising and and, and and going out. And was a, there was a big culture in that when, when we when we first opened up. But just things like stupid things like um, we all answer the telephone exactly the same. Well, that yeah. wasn't there before. And yeah. that, that's a system that we put in place. Now, everybody answers the phone exactly the same way. Everybody welcomes the client in exactly the same way. Everybody serves their teas and coffees, uh, cappuccinos, lattes, espressos, all in the same way. So those are the things that – those are the systems that you put in place that you have to have in place. You, you know, Don't even think about it without them because mm. it won't work.
0: Okay. Okay. So, you know, 25 years goes on, whatever, you've got three salons by this time, with varying degrees of success uh, at different times. And then you decide to reassess the vision. You know, what was what was that point? So you had you've got three salons. You were thinking about a fourth one. I know you even looked at one.
1: Um, well, we 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 actually made an offer on. Uh, I actually made an offer on the fourth salon, which would which would have been the biggest one with uh we, 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 of our of our four salon business. Yeah, um, and it, it got turned down. I, I made an offer on a Friday afternoon, and then. There were issues with the building anyway. I, I don't need to go into that. Uh, we we literally got turned down at the last minute one Friday afternoon. Then I had the weekend to think about it, and I thought this isn't right. But the, the salon three was we had for five or six years, and it was good. It was okay. It was uh, we made a bit of money on it, but not enough, anywhere near enough to uh, to, to kind of uh, for me to be committing the amount of time that I needed to spend on it to. To make it uh, as profitable as I wanted it to be, uh, mm. uh, as well, as I wanted it to be. So, there was a problem with the lease. I could have moved, but you know, Anthony, I just thought we're, we're better off taking the uh, taking the, the great staff that we've got, putting them back into the two salons uh, we've always had. And I don't know whether other hairdressers do uh, um, have the same problem. We have problem with uh, we build we build up a client, uh, we build up a stylist. And, and that stylist builds up uh, good figures, and then they go. Uh, they go to. They open up. Their, they go and rent a chair, or they go to some competitor down the road that pays them a little bit more money. Mm. Um, so we've we've always had that. You know, like anybody, we've always had that issue, and and you kind of get exasperated by it because you know you spent two years investing in this stylist, and and you know all of a sudden you're making good money on her or him. And then they, they, they decide they they're going elsewhere. So that that's a frustration. Uh, so what we did was we, we we decided you know the lease on this uh, on salon three wasn't wasn't working. So let's bring it down to the two salons. And we did, and it was and it was fine. It was everything was great. And of course, I've got senior staff. Then I've got senior staff uh, working for salon two because I've brought senior staff over from salon three. Everything's great. Uh, everything's rosy in the garden.
0: Okay and now you've got one salon so what was the catalyst to go do you know what we've got two the second one's working well but i want to turn it into one what was the what was the change that brought that
1: COVID. <laughs> um we had uh, like everybody we had we, yeah. we we went through covid, and we, we were closed for six six eight months i think it was i can't remember um, and I thought, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do, I'm going to spend that time on doing up uh, our original salon. You know, it's been there 30 years. It needs a new floor. It needs new windows. It needs new doors. It, it needed a lot of money spending on it. So perfect time. So we, uh, we, our, 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 I actually enjoyed COVID because I, I, I actually went in and worked on it myself. It was great. Right, um, Hang on. I what, did the what, late-
0: you're missing out on a, a major step here in that for the years that i'd known you you'd said one day i'm going to get a chance to buy the building and so that chance came along did it before covid
1: and you bought that yeah building that, that, COVID? That, that, became, like... that came along be- yeah that came along uh before covid we, we bought the, the 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 property uh the freeholder uh, about five years ago yeah. um now so uh yeah the, the opportunity arose unfortunately the last the previous owner had passed away. And his wife uh, offered me the uh, the opportunity of buying the business. Unfortunately, I, I do a hair, so that does help. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, she offered me the, the opportunity to, uh, to to buy the buy the property, mm. which obviously we, we we grabbed it with both hands. Mm. Um, so that now is our property, and and, and my, the rental. It's my pension, Anthony. It's my yeah. it's my future. It's uh, it, it, it 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 secures everything. If that makes sense.
0: Oh, I, totally. I mean, I you know. I speak to so many salon owners who have a situation like yours and I say to them look if you ever get a chance to buy the real estate do yourself a favor buy the real estate because mm-hmm. and everyone I know who's done it all says to me oh my god it's the best thing i've ever done i've now secured my future i've now effectively you know put my pension plan in place because mm-hmm. even if i retire and sell the business i still own the building so someone else is going to be you know paying me a passive income um and obviously, for some people, it's never going to be possible to buy the premises for all sorts of reasons. I mean, you know, sometimes they're in a, in a, in a shopping mall or they're in the middle of uh, the downtown area, so you're not going to own the real estate. But there's always advantages and disadvantages for different sorts of business models and different locations, and that is a real advantage. And and I I don't want to just gloss over that because I think it's a really important you know part of your journey, isn't it? That you know, you had that opportunity to buy salon one that you refer to, uh, and so it was COVID, was it, that made you close the second one? I thought you'd already made a decision to close the second one and expand the first one because you did end up expanding it, expanding it, didn't you?
1: Yeah, we, we um, yes, we, we, we did expand it, and uh, we put a, a beauty uh, pod on there, and um, but it was the there was two lockdowns in COVID. Uh, so, uh, on the second lockdown, we, uh, we we decided, you know what, we're going to do the floor, we're going to do the windows, we're going to spend all these things that you couldn't do whilst yeah. you were possibly working. So, uh, we did that and it looked fantastic and I all I wanted to do was, I just wanted to be there and work there and and, and, and eventually I just thought, do you know, I spoke to my wife and we've got three boys uh, and I wanted to spend some time with my family and, mm. uh, and I really kind of uh, without the pressures of, of two, three salons. So we decided to uh, close the second salon down and uh, put everybody into the one salon. And uh, and make that work for us. And uh, I, I have to say, it's the best thing I've I've ever done um, oh. as far as as far as home life and uh, and personal life. Uh, the opportunities it's been able to give me.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, were you able to get out of the second salon easily? Was it at the end of its lease, or, or there was, was a little a bit of a
1: lease? Uh, yeah, there was twelve months of a lease left on it. It did cost us a little bit. We had to pay off. Uh, the lease uh, and uh, but but because we were coming out of COVID yeah. it was a little bit easier to do because there was a lots of uh, businesses around us that were coming out of the lease we didn't close it because it wasn't profitable we closed it because of personal lifestyle I, I just wanted a different I, I wanted something different in my life and I wanted I, 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 and, and and being at home with my family mm. and I kind of showed me that really pointed yeah. me in the right direction
0: yeah, good, good. So so what's the vision now for the business, for the future, for the next, I'm going to put a number on it, 10 years of your working life, uh, before Ten. you decide to retire. Well, whatever the number's going to be. Not, I'm just putting
1: to 10 out there. I don't want to. I'm 56. I don't want to retire at 66. I, okay. I, as, no. I, as I say, I, as I, say, I, <laughs> I, really, I really enjoy work. I, don't, I never get out of bed in the morning thinking I've got to go to work. I get out of bed in the morning thinking, great, I'm going to work. Yeah. I, I enjoy it.
0: Yeah, okay. So it, I, I'm, I don't want to put the words in your mouth, but are you saying that you've now got one salon – that is generating more revenue and making more profit with less headache than what you were getting out of three salons.
1: 100%. Yeah. uh,
0: 100%. There are lots of people that are listening to this that need to hear that again. Um, Yeah. yeah. And, and, hey, listen, I also would say to you that at one point in my career, I expanded too quick and I had to consolidate because of exactly that lesson. And I see so many young salon owners who – Um, think they've got the Midas touch because the business is going well and they think, I can open a second one and a third one and everything's going to go fantastic. And, hey, sometimes it does. And that's what Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about, you know, before when I said, what what is the secret to successful expansion? And it is about systems and culture and putting the right people in place. But for many people, it can be the wrong thing to do, and they're actually better off to have one salon, try and buy the real estate if they can, and to make that one salon their work of art, so to speak, which which is mm. what
1: you've done, you
0: know. Um, so, so tell yes, me. I, I, uh,
1: I t- would t- say, just on that, I would yeah. say that uh, without opening the second and third salon, mm. uh, I, you know, you, you learned so much through your journey on that. Yeah. That, that now coming back to one, uh, I, I think, um, you, you know, you, you, you uh, it's, 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 it's a really good experience. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I know you've made some significant changes for how you run the business now, uh, in terms of opening hours, opening days, different shifts, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk, talk to us about that because I know that that's also something that's had a huge impact, uh, on your business. Mm-hmm.
1: So obviously we're closing salon two now. So I've got three or four really good hairdressers who work on, uh, at salon two. Uh, I've also got one of the girls who was on maternity leave. So hence, that's why I was spreading myself so thin between the two salons. So I spoke to uh, uh, one of my, girl, one of my members of staff who is my, my, my manageress, And I spoke to my receptionist as well. Who's been with me for 15, 16 years. We sat down and we had a meeting and, um, we decided to open seven days a week because it was the only way we could work. So we're out now open seven days a week, uh, but we're also open late nights. Uh, we're open to eight o'clock. The only way we could do that is and I, what, what my manager suggested to me, and it did take me a little bit of time to kind of get my head around it and, and think about it, but for the staff to go four days a week, but they do four long days. So uh, they start... For example, um, they start at nine o'clock in the morning, and they finish at eight o'clock at night. Some days, mm. and they work on a on a, almost like a, a rotor. It's almost like uh, a shift pattern. So they some work Sundays, but they don't work Saturdays. Some work till six o'clock on a Friday night, but some work till four o'clock on a Tuesday. So it works on a on a, a complete shift pattern. Um, and we found that has been, we've, we found that's been absolutely, it's worked really well for us. So, we, so we've got 10 stylists, 10, 10 or 11 stylists. Mm. So the other thing is, is that you, you haven't got 10 stylists all working in the salon together. So you've got four or five stylists working on a Tuesday, or, or or three stylists working on a Monday, but then on a Saturday you've got six or seven stylists. You've got th- we're just building up on a Sunday at the moment, so uh, we've got three uh, three three stroke four stylists working on a Sunday. So so you're able to do that, and you're able to uh, 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 to, to to work that around and 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 really kind of. Um, capitalize on your busy periods and and then be able to kind of you know have a skeleton staff on your what what would be deemed as your quieter days. Right, okay. And that's how well.
0: So so do you have like a you can do this shift, this shift or this shift or is it a case of a totally customized shift to suit the individual?
1: Uh, it, it's a little bit of both, if, I, if I'm going to be honest. There is a, uh, a, a, a rotor that we kind of work to. Um, we don't want to kind of break that up too much. Um, mm. But, for example, I mean, only last week, uh, I've got uh, one of my staff coming back from maternity leave. And uh, she can only do, because of childcare, she can only do uh, two days a week, so Sundays and Wednesdays. Well, that made us over overstaffed on a Wednesday. So I've just we've just literally uh, sat down and we've worked it out and, and just moved one of the stylists to the Tuesday as opposed to a Wednesday. But because they're getting three days off, they don't mind. They, mm. they will adjust, and 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 that and that works really really well. Mm. Uh, I, you know, I can't honestly. I was at, the, at first, I was. I, uh, I Uh, but now I, 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 would recommend anybody to have a look at it. If you can do it, definitely do it. Um, because you, you've got happier staff. We haven't lost a member. We haven't lost a member of staff for, for two years. We haven't lost a, a stylist for two years. Mm, that's so mm. that's, well, it, it's great because you can, you can then invest into the, into your, into your staff you can invest in training. You can invest in in giving them new clients, um, and and you know you know that they're going to be they're going to be with the company uh, for you know hopefully for for a long time to come. So they look after those clients. One of our biggest things was staff leaving and taking their clients with them. Um, I'm sure everybody comes again comes up against that, but we don't seem to have that problem anymore because mm. they, they enjoy working four days a week they know it's four four long days but uh they get three days off
0: yeah three days off in a row or not necessarily <laughs>
1: no uh, we break it up like we, we we give every member of staff two days off in a row and then they yep. get a third day which is a single uh, which is a single day so yeah um we, we give everybody two days off yeah. we've got one stylist who gets fridays and saturdays off right. how good's that yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so uh, you said they're open till eight o'clock. It's open to eight o'clock mm-hmm. every night.
1: Eight o'clock, uh, three nights a week, and then uh, um, Fridays is six. Uh, Saturdays we only do till five, but yeah, three nights a week. Okay. So and we've Sunday? got we're, we're we're available for the client who finishes work and wants to come mm. and get a balayage or a foils or or a root colour. Okay. Um, we, we're available to. Her.
0: And what about Sunday? What are the hours there?
1: Well, we are restricted a little bit on Sundays um, in the UK because you know, we open at 10 and we have to finish at 4. So we, those are the hours that we do.
0: Right, okay. Now, I know also that you've changed the way you're paying people, um, the commission structure. Ex- explain to us how you're doing that now because I think that's interesting as well, which some salon owners uh, could benefit from. So tell us what you're doing there.
1: Well, like everybody, we 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 sit down and we work out a target uh based on the the, the, the stylist turnover. Uh and what we what we feel that they should should be taking um within a week's work uh, to, uh, at our salon, And we might base it on whether they take 1500 pound a week or or or, or 2000 pound a week or or whatever it might be. So I was looking at that and I was saying oh, a lot of the problems are that we pay a a basic plus a commission. Now, we pay a 20% commission, but that's after we take the taxes off for them. So it used to be 40%, but now we take the tax off and and, and do it at 20%. So what happens is that if you get a stylist that goes on holiday for a week, their one week before they go away is incredibly busy and their commission is absolutely inflated. They go away for a week and they come back and then they're rammed out again because they haven't been in for a week for a work and uh, and their, their commission's inflated. There's no even ground. So one week you're playing a lot, the next week you're playing a lot, uh, two weeks' time you're playing a lot, and then that middle week they could have a quiet week or they could have two days off or or they could be off, off sick or they could be on holiday or the, the, the salon could be quiet. So... There's, there's no even balance to it. So I looked at it and I, I was having a, a beer after work one night with my friend and I was explaining to him, he said, I cannot work. I, he said, I can't I can't believe you pay weekly on it. Surely you pay monthly. No, we, we've always paid weekly. And, uh, and, I, and I went away and I thought, blimey, I've got to go to monthly. And so when we set up the four day a week, we changed our commissions. And I said, you know, if you're going to do four days a week, you've got to be um, you've got to be productive for 100 percent of your time. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And we are going. Your target is going to be set over over the month rather than over a weekly target, uh, and so it evens itself out. So if the staff drop off for a week, it's still an even keel. It's still it, it's still an an even amount. You're not paying inflation inflated uh, commissions one week, nothing the next inflated. Uh, commissions the next mm. so it, it works much, so much better for us but apart from anything Anthony as well is that uh, I've got to work out commissions once a month mm, exactly so
0: you pay a wage every week like a minimum we, fixed
1: no, wage. no we pay four weekly or, we four, pay four weekly
0: and 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 commission so you pay commission four, four weekly, weekly and the wage. Yeah. so everything is monthly now yeah right Oh, okay. I thought you meant you were paying the wages weekly, but then you'd pay the commission monthly.
1: No, we were paying the we were working out the commissions weekly, but mm-hmm. paying everybody over four weeks. I see. Over a four what you're week period. So now it's but a commission targets. target
0: based on a month.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. As opposed to commission yeah. targets based on a week.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. I understand that. All right. Okay. Um, what about you as the owner? Now you're open seven days a week. Uh, I don't know how many hours a week the salon is open. How's that impacted on you with the amount of hours that you have to be in the salon?
1: Well, I work, uh, I I finish at four o'clock on a Tuesday. So it's quite nice to uh, take my boys to uh, football or cricket coaching uh, uh, on a Tuesday night. And uh, I work on a a Saturday morning. I start at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning. And I finish at, uh, at 12 o'clock. Um, the salon is too busy to to house me anyway because we have five or six stylists, mm. seven or eight stylists working on a Saturday. So there's no, no point. All, all I'm going to do is just clog up the system. So uh, I, I, I just do mornings uh, where I see a few regular clients of mine um, on a Saturday morning and I go home on Saturday uh, lunchtime. And, uh, and I take my three teenage boys to football and to cricket and I do all the things that, that Anthony that I've never been able to do before, um, being, being a, a busy salon owner. Um, I, it's, it's, I, I, I obviously enjoy that and uh, I enjoy being part of their lives a little bit more. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's fabulous. It, makes, it that makes the whole thing a, a little bit worthwhile
0: yeah yeah no it sounds great sounds great better better work-life balance with family you own the building so you put your pension fund in place uh the business is more profitable easy to manage easy to control the the culture the atmosphere so you know win 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 all around there righto uh well listen we need to start wrapping up so whereabouts can people connect with you on instagram or other
1: social channels so we've got uh, Instagram as our main uh, main channel, which is, uh, we do have TikTok, although I'm 56. So I, I'm not great on TikTok, as you can imagine. Um, I'm, uh, we've got Simon John Hair Limited he's our Instagram and also our Facebook page. I'm more Facebook being my age group and uh, my staff do the Instagram and, uh, and that TikTok page. But it's Simon John Hair Limited. L-
0: limited or abbreviated?
1: Uh, abbreviated LTD. So,
0: LTD. so Simon John here, LTD. And yeah. just so that everyone's aware, his name is Simon Matthews, not Simon John. But um, <laughs> that's a story for another day. So I, I, yeah, uh, I'll put those links on our website, Grow My Salon Business. Uh, thank you. And in the show notes for today's podcast uh, So if you listened to this podcast with Simon Matthews and enjoyed it Do me a favour, take a screenshot on your phone Share it to your Instagram stories And while you're doing that, don't forget to subscribe And leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app So uh, to wrap up, thank you Simon for being on this week's episode Of the Grow My Salon Business Podcast
1: Always happy to help Anthony And uh, if it helps people in any way, that's great that we've shared it And great to see you again.
0: Good talking to you. Thanks, Alan.
1: Cheers. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's podcast.
0: If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whittaker wishing you continued success.